Welcome back to Ravens Recap. The Ravens are traveling to the Denver Broncos to play at Mile High, where they want to take on the currently undefeated Broncos, leading the AFC West, and give them their first loss of the season. It's wild to say that uh, they are leading the division over the Chiefs, as we alluded to last episode, but that is the case of the division at the moment. Uh, The Chiefs suffering two losses that I'm sure their fan base was not expecting to start off their year. But, of course, historian Peter over here has said this is not new for the Ravens to run into a uh, Broncos team that hadn't had any losses. Peter, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this is is interesting. I didn't really make this connection until putting together the notes, but I realized, like, this is a game that the Ravens and Broncos have seen themselves in many times over. Um, I found four instances. All of these games were in Baltimore, mind you, so this one will be different because it's on the road. Four instances, the Ravens were playing a Denver team that was off to a better-than-expected start, and you know, there's a question of, you know, will this be a tough game for the Ravens? Are the Broncos really legit? And in each of these cases, Baltimore won resoundingly. 2018, Ravens were 1-1. One one. They go in and face the Case Keenum-led Broncos, who were 2-0. and Case Keenum led them to two uh, last-minute victories in the first two weeks of the season. Ravens beat them 27-14. Back to 2009, Ravens were 3-3. Three and three. Broncos were apparently 6-0, and which I had forgotten, but... Somehow, with Kyle Orton at the helm, a name you probably didn't remember until I just said it, uh, the Denver Broncos were 6-0 in 2009, coming into Baltimore. Uh, Ravens beat them 30-7, to and that team was exposed as a pretender as they would finish 2-7 and the rest of the way, the Broncos, that is, and not even make the playoffs. Uh, so that was interesting. 2003, Ravens were 3-3, three and three, uh, hosting the 5-2 and two Broncos, were off to a strong start behind free agent Jake the Snake Plummer. Uh, Ravens win that game 26 to six. And then 2002, the Ravens were 0 and 2 going up against a 2 and 0 Broncos team on Monday night football. Broncos were 8 and 8 the season before in 2001 were not expected to be good. Ravens would beat them 34 to 23 and the Broncos would not make the playoffs that year. So I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to expose this Broncos team as pretenders necessarily. I think you know, there is still the question, is this Denver team for real? Are they as good as that record? But I did think it was interesting that that we've seen this same scenario several times before between the Ravens and Broncos. Obviously, the Ravens have lost to the Broncos in the regular season too, but those games were usually uh, with Peyton Manning at the helm or a Broncos team that was expected to be good. So don't think we're too far off base here when we're saying that even though the Broncos have faced you know, what I'm going to describe here is two cupcakes and a blueberry muffin uh, to start the season <laughs> as far as teams are concerned. I think 3-0 and is still a surprise, among, probably among the, the Broncos fan base and the NFL in general. Definitely. I mean, as we were talking about, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody in that division was expecting the Chiefs to be on top, and now they're at the bottom. Lost two games in September, a month that they never lose. So, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's a little surprising, especially with the instability kind of a quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater. He's okay. Um, you know, he's a definitely a journeyman quarterback at this stage of his career. Um, I think that was, that was honestly the biggest question mark, I think for the Broncos is just, would they have stability at the quarterback position to be able to make a run? I have confidence, I think in the 
Broncos front office to field a good defense. I think historically they've done a good job, probably as good as the Ravens, honestly, at fielding a competitive defense. I think they pride themselves on having a strong defense first and acquiring the guys that they need on offense to build a strong team. But uh, yeah, with with quarterback kind of just being that big question mark of not being able to find the guy since Peyton Manning left, that was kind of the biggest question mark. But yeah, it seems like Teddy's done enough for them to be able to win these first three games, so that's been good. I just want to go back for a second. Out of all the historical games you brought up, Peter, I I thought at first that there was a typo in the 2009, but I didn't realize that the Ravens had played the Broncos in 2009 and 2010 because I had to find this of my ticket. The first Ravens game that I went to was 2010 game against the Broncos, uh, which the Ravens also won. It was at home. I think it was 31-17, I believe. For some reason, I didn't make our list, but anyway, I want to bring that up there. That's uh, that's my connection yeah. to the Broncos. That was my first ever regular season game that I saw in person. Oh, I think, yeah, that it, that was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I was going to include that game on the list, but then I looked. I think the reason I didn't put it in there was because the Broncos had a pretty poor record coming into that game. So I was looking at games where the Broncos were coming yeah. in as with a better record than the Ravens. Right, as like a um, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Peter, how did you find all these? I'm just curious. For whatever reason, my mind has a really good memory of when games happened and in what situations. This was literally, and literally I hadn't thought about most of these games in years, but just the fact that we, I, I think what I remembered actually was, of all games was this 2009 game. And I was just like, wasn't there a game where like the Broncos were coming in and they were good and, but the Ravens beat them pretty bad. And then the Broncos weren't good after that. And then so and then I remember, looked it up. I thought it was a 2010 game, but it did turn out to be a 2009 game. Um, and then I was like, wait a second here. This happened a couple other times too. So <laughs> That's awesome. It was just floating around in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Apparently, fun fact that I've just looked up here. Uh, the 2010 game was on 10-10-10, October 10th, 2010. Man, there you go. This game is uh, just in line with these other games, Peter, because the Ravens are actually the underdog going into this game. Currently a one and a half point underdog. It's a very, very tight game. And the over-under is only 44 points. So I guess they're expecting the defenses to really show up. It'd be a low-scoring affair. So pretty interesting, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, when I first looked at this game, I didn't really have a clear idea of whether or not I thought the Ravens would be able to win this one or not. I was able to come up with something, though, which I'll get to by the episode's end with what my deciding factor is for my prediction for this game. But despite the fact that the Broncos have had probably, you can't really have a softer beginning to the schedule if you have play both the Jets and the Jags right now. But they have looked good in, in those games. I mean, good teams are supposed to look dominant against bad competition. And that's what definitely what the Broncos have looked like on defense. Offense, they've been good. They're, you know... They could be better. Teddy Bridgewater's efficient, but he's not going to make plays that are going to wow you. And their running game, they're they're committed to it, but both Gordon and Javonta Williams are just having to fight so hard for yards after the carry because their offensive line is just not opening up really big holes for them right now. So despite the fact that they've scored a lot of a decent amount of points in each game, their offense still has areas to improve upon. And I think that's an area where we mentioned the Ravens have struggled on defense right now. They're going to have to 
this could be a spot where they could bounce back a bit, despite the fact that it's going to be very difficult to win the turnover battle against this team. Bridgewater, no interceptions so far on the season, and off to check, but I think Williams' fumble in the game last week was the first turnover the Broncos had on offense this year. No, they had one other fumble in one other game. So the offense has only had two turnovers this year. Yeah, that's a good point. And the Ravens have actually been kind of turnover uh, prone this year. More fumbles than we've normally seen. A few more interceptions from Lamar, although not always his fault. Kind of interesting how that lines up. And I think it will be, as it is every game, a really big key to the game. Um, I think the way that you beat the Broncos here is you got to get them off their game plan um, as much as you can offensively and kind of limit. I hate, I always hate making these because it's always the same. Every, every team wants to do the same things, right? But like <laughs> with, with this, I think in particular, you just got to make sure they're not the efficient, no mistake team that they typically are uh, because that's a, that's their key to victory right now. And again, the, all the defenses they've played, like we said, are <laughs> in the bottom quarter of the league. So is it really that this offense is that efficient and that, you know, they're that good at protecting the ball or are they just playing defenses that just don't have the capability to force them into mistakes? That's going to be something that we're going to see. And again, like I said, that's again why I brought up the historical games against the Broncos teams that were in similar situations. The Ravens defenses were able to force these offenses that were overperforming into some bad decisions and to really expose them as middle of the road, which is what they were. Again, not saying that the 2021 Broncos are necessarily that, but like I said, there's, the jury's still out on whether or not they're a legit team to for the rest of the season. I think in terms of matchup, though, I mean, we were just talking in the Lions recap that the Ravens defense has been okay, but they really haven't been as good, I think, as in years past. And from a variety of reasons, a lot of it, I think, comes down to fundamentals. Just guys just haven't been able to produce at a consistently high level, um, you know, outside of a few guys like Marlon Humphrey, Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott, maybe. So I, I think this game in particular with the Broncos having so much more firepower on the defensive side of the ball, the Ravens offense is already going to have to have answers for that. But I think what could really kind of help them out is if the Ravens defense could put a, a lot more pressure on Bridgewater and the rest of the offense um, and, you know, put their offense in, in better positions, whether it's field position, maybe a few turnovers or something, that might be something that the Ravens uh, could do. Uh, I think that would really help in just the overall script of this game. Outside of a Justin Tucker 71, you know, yard field goal or something, <laughs> whatever Tucker can make over a mile high. Hey, I mean, interestingly enough, I found this very fascinating. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Apparently, while Justin Tucker does have the NFL record, he does not have the longest kick ever recorded in a football game, which was apparently 69 yards in a college football game. So he still has he still has one more hurdle to climb. Mm. Maybe he does it this week. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's got to do it soon. That leg's not going to stay that strong forever. <laughs> <laughs> I do think what's going to be really interesting in this game is the Broncos defense versus the Ravens offense in particular. Just we discussed how this offensive line is still having issues. Ronnie Stanley's out. Tackle play is been suspect, been up and down all year. Interior line's been playing a lot better, but you've got Von Miller coming up here. And while the Broncos had 
Bradley Chubb out. The replacement for him, uh, I believe his name is Shelby Harris, came in. He had a sack last week. Uh, the Broncos really like what he's doing in Chubb's absence. They've also got other guys, Alexander Johnson, who can rush the passer. So, you know, this is going to be a really big test for the, again, for the offensive line to keep a clean pocket for Lamar. Again, keeping Lamar upright when you're talking about going up against an offense that might not make a lot of mistakes. Uh, sacks can really kill you if this game turns into a field position battle, which it it has a good chance of becoming. It's also not the pass rush of Denver that the Ravens are going to have to look out for. Uh, this team has a very strong secondary as well. You've got Kareem Jackson at safety. Kyle Fuller. Kyle, yeah, you've got him. You've got uh, Pat Sertan, the second back there. This secondary has playmakers, and they can make it difficult for the Ravens to, you know, have a deep passing game like they were able to do against the Lions last week. Uh, so it, passing the ball might not be as easy as it was in that game. And then this team's strong against the run as well. So, I mean, <laughs> I think it's – we were talking about how the Ravens gave too many carries to too many backs last week. I think they're just going to have to give the rock to Tyson Williams and just – let him establish himself and, and try and get something going against this defense. And then in the second half, bring Murray out, wear him down. I mean, that's, we saw the Ravens do that last year with, you know, Ingram and, and or Dobbins being the opener, so to speak, as we used to say, and then Gus come in and be the closer and pound the defense when they're tired and, and can't tackle. I think the Ravens have to get back to that if they want to have a, be able to establish a run in this game, just get back to what has been tried and true in the past uh, against a team that, that knows how to stop the run better than the guys you just played uh, last Sunday. Yeah, they invested in this secondary just this year, a ninth overall pick, Patrick Sertan, an Alabama cornerback. We know a thing or two about those. Uh, so you know that he probably has a nice pedigree and most likely going to be worthy of that uh, high selection. Like you said, Kyle Fuller is back there. And you also have the mainstays of like Von Miller, right? Like That's the classic name. Um, this defense has a lot of players. I saw that they um, invested as well in their defensive depth, getting inside linebacker in the third round for uh, Baron Browning, a couple safeties, another cornerback and offensive lineman, or uh, another outside linebacker and defensive end. So classic Ravens draft, honestly. Just like loads of defensive players and a, a sprinkling of offensive help. So this team is definitely investing in their defense, and it's showing. It'll be interesting if... Uh either Boykin or Bateman are able to suit up this week. I know uh, it sounds like they're they're back at practice. We don't know if they're going to officially be off the IR yet. One of them is able to kind of suit up this week. Uh, that would definitely be a boon for this Ravens passing attack uh, to be able to give another option, to be able to contest these Broncos corners. Honestly, for me, I, I'm hoping that, you know, if, if Lamar looks like he did last week, I think Hollywood could definitely have a bounce back game. I, I don't think he's really had too many problems getting open this season. He seems to be getting separation very well, a little bit of run after the catch. And besides those couple of drops in that game, honestly, I think overall these first three games, he's been playing with a lot of confidence. So I, I would expect him to kind of have a bounce back game, whether it's a hundred yard game, you know, I don't know if it's going to be that, um, but I do kind of expect him to have a handful of catches, moving the sticks, things like that. Yeah, his his speed is undeniable, and he's healthy this year. He's having no problem getting behind the defensive backs, and they've played teams that have some speed in the secondary, so I completely agree with that. I think that 
the Ravens are going to go back to him again uh, because they drafted him to be the wide receiver one. And in the first two weeks of the season, he did a pretty good job at that, I think. And he put himself in the position to do that against Detroit. Just some mental errors prevented him from having, uh, you know, a true wide receiver one game. I would, wouldn't be shocked at all if the Ravens, you know, try some some easy things with him, you know, maybe in the opening drive, you know, do like a bubble screen or some short curl routes just to get him, you know, something to just calm him down, just uh, make sure he's got his head straight in the game. And then, you know, I think that they could take some deep shots there. And again, even against the secondary, that's strong. When you got a guy with that speed, that's going to be there against anyone. So yeah, I completely agree that, that Hollywood Brown has a great chance and should be a big part of the game plan in this game. The defense is going to be interesting to look at as well. Again, we're talking about the injuries that are happening in the secondary and the Broncos themselves on offense have some injuries. Uh, Jerry Judy was expected to have a big sophomore campaign. Uh, He got hurt in week one against the giants when he was, despite being off to a strong start. He's on IR. Last week, the Broncos also lost KJ Hamler for an extended period of time. Noah Font is playing, but a lot of reports are that he's playing through an ankle injury. When uh, reading over some Broncos content this morning, there's some questions as to whether or not how into the game is Font. Is he really giving his all? Uh, So there's some questions there with really how hurt is he? which is really leaving Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick as the two healthy receiving options for this team. Uh, you got to think that the Ravens are going to use Humphrey to uh, blanket one of those two guys. My guess would probably be Sutton over those two. But, you know, I still think that these are two guys, while they're not, you know, household names in this league, Tim Patrick has had some good games for this Broncos team. Uh, Sutton had a monster game against Jacksonville two weeks ago. Uh, he's a guy that can burn you if you're not careful. So, you know, it, they've got weapons. They're, they're, they don't have Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey there, but they are guys that that this defense is going to have to keep an eye on and keep them in check or else they could get burned for a couple big plays there. Yeah, I was overexposed to Sutton last year when he tore his uh, ACL. He's still kind of reminding himself that he can play the game. Like you said, he had that breakout game where uh, it really looked like he was trusting uh, his body again. Because uh, that was one of the reports coming out of camp early. It was like, oh, like, you know, Sun's not quite there yet. He's still coming up to speed. And this team has definitely seen kind of the Ravens bug in a way uh, with the running back room to their wide receivers with Hamler having a season-ending injury with the ACL. And Judy, my guy, that was a disgusting, disgusting injury that um, looked much more worse than it ended up being. Um, so it looks like his season's not totally in jeopardy, which is great for the young man. But, you know, just uh, gut-wrenching to see that kind of thing happen, particularly a player that, like you said, Peter, looked to have a very promising second-year campaign. He was like, I mean, he was playing great that first game. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of that film was almost forgotten just because of the injury that happened. Um, I remember hearing like, oh, man, just wait until you see the All-22 of how he's like, tearing up these cornerbacks he's having an awesome first game his route running so crisp and then that injury so i imagine a lot of people uh similar to uh, us with dobbins were just like licking their lips to see this guy play and just got a little taste before a massive injury so you know hopefully he's able to come back this year and 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 feel like himself but with all that said uh, like you said 
Tim Patrick's been having a surprisingly steady amount of games. He was one of those guys that in years past when injuries hit, stepped up and produced. Um, and he's definitely doing it now. I mean, he every single game he's getting um, high amounts of yards, like, you know, 70, 80, 90 yards on uh, several catches. I mean, the guy's been full of production, a, a touchdown here and there, you know, like definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I uh, imagine we'll have Averett on him and, um, you know, trying to make sure that he doesn't have that kind of success again. On the ground, the Broncos have a pretty much, you know, you can't have more of a 1A, 1B than what they've got, uh, even splits here. Melvin Gordon's a vet. He's been around a while. People remember him from the Chargers, came over to the Broncos last year, showing he's got still got some life left in the tank, but he's not the same back that he used to be uh, earlier in his career. The Broncos drafted Javonta Williams, second round pick uh, this year. I think he's going to be good. Uh, we'll see <laughs> how my big contract I gave him in Dynasty shapes out. But for the moment, Gordon and Williams, it's a timeshare. Uh, very even uh, for the season. Gordon has 42 carries versus Williams, 39. Two touchdowns to Williams, one. Neither are really used in the passing game. Six catches for Gordon, five for Williams. Yards per carry, 4.6 for Gordon, 3.5 for Williams. Although, as we use this as a exhibit A for why yards per carry can be a deceptive stat in our week one analysis. Uh, Gordon 70 yarder has drastically ballooned his yards per carry average. You take away that 70 yard touchdown that he had against the giants. He's actually only averaging three yards per carry. So both these guys are good. They're doing a lot when they're in the open field, trying to get extra yards, but they're getting hit pretty quickly at the point of attack after they hit their running lanes. The offensive line is just not, producing for them to make it easy for them so and like i said those that was actually against weak defenses they the broncos continued to pound the ball but not really being terribly efficient at it so that's going to be interesting as we talked about in the lions recap how the raiders and the lions weren't really efficient at running the ball against the ravens defense either but they just continued at it and didn't abandon the run and that wore down the ravens defense in the second half in both those games. So that is definitely something that the Ravens are going to have to take into consideration here since the Broncos and are definitely going to run the ball. Uh, It's interesting as, as even as the split is between Gordon and Williams for carries, it's also interesting to see that the Broncos have attempted 95 passes this season and they've also rushed the ball 95 times. So you have a 50-50 split pass to run right now for this team. So uh, the Ravens are definitely going to see a lot of the on the run. And they're going to have to figure out how to stuff these guys and find some way for to force uh, the Broncos to be one-dimensional. Because that would be a huge advantage for them. Because Teddy Bridgewater, while he's efficient, when he's got the run game... Uh, he's not really a quarterback who can who's going to take over the game through the air uh, too often, unless the game script forces it. I'd love to have Derek Wolf back for this game. I'm not sure <laughs> if we have uh, any reports on his injury, whether he might be able to make it back. But it'd be great to have him back in that defensive line rotation. Um, Matabuke as well. Hopefully he'll be back, and and Brandon Williams. I guess they should be back. Hopefully from the the COVID list this week. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely need all hands on deck uh, in terms of D line rotation, but yeah, Wolf I think would be special. Just uh, you know, uh, 
to have a chance to to go against his former team would be uh, something pretty special, I think, for him. So let's hope we can make it back healthy and, and do that. Unfortunately, I doubt it, Chris, because I feel like he's been deemed out the last couple of weeks, and I imagine we'll have a questionable in there before you yeah. actually see him. You know, like yeah, you know, maybe uh, he'll wake up similar to uh, Marquise, and uh, you not think he could play, and then feel good the next day, and and can go out there and play. But uh, I mean, at this point, the guy just hasn't been able to practice, um, and. I think it's going to take some time, unfortunately, for him to come back. It would be really cool for the narrative for him to play against his old team. Yeah, his his injury is super interesting. Like it's, I mean, for this season, it's almost similar to Stanley. But I heard it was like a, I guess, a back injury or something. I, I wonder, yeah. is this something similar to maybe what Flacco had back in 2016, 2017? Of just like he was there, but he wasn't really healthy until November. Basically, I wonder if it's something similar to that. I mean, it could be. Um, yeah, I'm not a physical therapist, so I can't give that angle. But yeah, I, I could I could see it being that because yeah, it just seems to be something that isn't going away for him, and doesn't seem like it was anything that happened at a practice. Um, or else we probably would have heard about it rather than it just kind of showing up on the injury report one day, just kind of out of the blue and pretty easy to miss. So hopefully it's something that he can play through eventually at some point because uh, Wolf was so instrumental in the rush run defense last year, obviously, um, and had some huge games against some really strong rushing games. So we'll just have to see, I guess. Um, I think I did see that Harbaugh was asked about Wolf's status earlier this week, but Again, with injuries, we've come to know that Harbaugh, what Harbaugh says about injuries, we can only really have to take with a grain of salt. I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of Wolf is progressing well. Um, what that means, Harbaugh knows. We don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to wonder if they, if he asked his uh, doctors and whatnot on the team not to give him all the details so he has plausible deniability. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I really don't know. They just tell me if he's available or not. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just think overall, this is a very uh, disciplined and sneaky team that has all the fixings in order to, you know, win this game, unfortunately. A solid defense, a steady offense. I mean, you can you can paint the picture yourself how this can get out of hand for the Ravens. Uh, and I guess the hope is that it just doesn't go that way. I really would love uh, this to be another game that goes into the catalog for Peter um, to bring out of like, oh, you know, we uh, supplanted this uh, lossless team, but it's definitely going to be tough on the road, no less. So I guess we'll go into our bold predictions and score predictions. I'll start off with uh, my bold prediction. You know, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the year that this is uh, the tight end rodeo for the Ravens. Uh, facing you know the, maybe even the top five on those draft picks except for Kyle Pitts uh, and fantasy in uh, tight ends uh, with Fant maybe just on the outside looking in. I'm going to say that Fant is limited in this game and on a pass that he's targeted, uh, we pick off the ball. Ooh, I like it. Are you sure? Aren't you exposed to Fant? <laughs> Do you actually like it? <laughs> I like it for the Ravens to win this game. Yes, I have somehow fallen into being a fan owner in dynasty and 
somehow have him in so many redraft leagues this year, despite the fact of him being like the last tight end that I was interested in. But it's just how it broke. (laughs) Uh, He is a guy who has talent, but just injuries have really slowed him down and off to slow start this year too and seems to be playing through an ankle injury, which is hampering him. Uh, So on that note, I'm actually going to take the opposite approach here and I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball for my bull prediction for here. Along the lines here of what the Ravens have been able to do against past Denver Broncos teams, I think the Ravens are going to expose this defense a bit. Uh, I think this kind of goes along to what we were saying with the recap against the Detroit Lions, where we kind of saw the beginnings of uh, the Ravens trying to do more of the deep passing game. Could that have just been situational against Detroit? Sure. But I think that that is something that the Ravens know that they're going to need to develop to make it deep into January. You can't just do it against the the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets of the world. You got to do it against the big defenses. I say that Lamar Jackson has four passing touchdowns against this defense. Woo! Dang. Yeah, I think for me, I'm going to go back to defense a little bit. They've got to have a breakout performance one week. Uh, it's it's got to happen at some point. I think this is an interesting opportunity. Like we said, the you know, Broncos haven't faced the greatest opponents in the first three games. I think uh, the Ravens are looking for a bounce-back game from their defense. They're looking for a statement. I think that the Ravens' defense is probably going to uh, have, I'll say, two takeaways. It's some, I've been looking for the Marlowe uh, uh, fumble, the Marlowe punch-out. Uh, it hasn't happened this too. year. Yeah, it hasn't happened this year, unfortunately. Um, I do think it's it's a it's an interesting opportunity, right? If I mean, if you have these guys of like you know Sutton, uh, Patrick, like they can run by you, but I, I also feel confident in our corners to be able to keep up with them. I think there could be an opportunity for one of those, and I do think uh, covering Fanton and some of the other options in the flat. I, I think I do think that the Ravens' defense can get creative with some of their uh, blitz packages and things like that, and make things confusing for Bridgewater force some of those uh, bad decisions so yeah i'm gonna say the ravens defense has two takeaways be cool if our uh we get some correlation there chris with our bold predictions maybe it could happen <laughs> <laughs> it's it's useful it's it's nice how it's uh these are actually complimentary right it's not like i'm prices writing you and just like going like one upset <laughs> 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 the bed at one dollar above you no it's like i'm doing that but it's like if we can both win no i hear that I guess I'll go ahead and give my score prediction so I can't be accused of score gaming. Uh, Price is writing the scores. So <laughs> I'll go ahead and say this. I think, unfortunately, this is not going to be a game uh, that is a statement game for the Ravens. However, I do think they win, which is uh, going to be a kind of you know good enough almost against this team. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be kind of ugly. I'm going to say 24-17 Ravens and lots of back and forth. Yeah, Um so this is an interesting game, and for my score prediction, I will admit, when I first looked at this game, and with some of the sloppiness that the Ravens have had the first three weeks, I was wondering, I don't know how the Ravens pull this game out. I think they might be a little too beat up here, and the Broncos have looked pretty good first three weeks. Then this morning, I, I read a little bit, um, listened to the Locked on Denver Broncos podcast, read some pieces by Denver beat writers, and... Got a much different 
portrait of what the Denver Broncos team is currently going through than what my interpretation of was of them was just from watching some highlights of their games. The people who cover the Broncos, they're extremely concerned about this offense, particularly the offensive line and the running game. Um, obviously, injuries to Judy, Hamler, and the lingering injury to Fant has them worried. Fan base doesn't sound totally sold on Bridgewater, although they think that how he's played right now has been stupendous. There's questions about will he be able to continue that against a strong defense. On the defense, that is the big part of this team, and that's going to be the interesting part of this game. How well is Lamar Jackson going to be able to execute against this front seven from a rushing standpoint? How's he going to do against the secondary? Are Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown going to hold on to the ball when it comes their way? But I think the Ravens pull off what is apparently going to be considered an upset, at least how Vegas has it currently, and they're going to win this one 31 to 20. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, the biggest question mark, I mean, we're recording Monday, so we have uh, a couple of days until the game, still pretty early in the week. I think the biggest thing for me is whether the Ravens are going to be a full strength for this game, whether they're going to have all their guys back, are there going to be any other injuries that we're going to have to worry about? Um, you know, I... I feel like after the first three weeks, these games have been really, really close. Honestly, I'm going to continue going with that theme here and say that this is going to be a little bit of a closer game. I, I want it. I want there to be a breakout game where the Ravens just kind of dominate and, and win by more than the score. I, I'm not sure if that's this game. So I'm going to say probably uh, 24-21 Ravens. I think it might come down to a Justin Tucker field goal. 70-yarder. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It was funny. uh, Somebody in my work uh, league was like, man, I felt like the Tucker kick should have been worth more. I was like, well, it was worth more than a touchdown. It was 6.6 points (laughs) in our scoring system. That ain't bad. Yeah, I just I don't trust the Ravens defense enough to force field goals on this team. I feel like they just had a – like outside the Lions, which, yeah, they had like, you know, uh, one or two good drives in that game. They've just been letting up too many touchdowns, so I I feel like that's um until they get that cleaned up, I think it, the games are going to be somewhat close. I tell you, man, this is a tough stretch coming up. You got Colts coming up after this, Chargers, Bengals. Bengals been overachieving. Uh, Bengals I, I, I look think, good. I think we we called it though. Remember in our preview, I was like, mm-hmm. I think this team would actually be good. Like yep. they could they could surprise everybody, and here they are. Uh, Vikings, I'm a little low on them, but I understand that they're they're not that bad. Dolphins, maybe by then they have Tua back. Bears, maybe they'll figure out that Fields is more of a mobile quarterback and not to run the Dalton playbook with them. Then Cleveland, Pittsburgh, I mean, we knew about this going into the season, but there's no the cupcake and blueberry muffin. No cupcakes <laughs> or blueberry muffins for the Ravens here. The closest thing they got to a cupcake was last week, and we barely squeaked it out. So it's going to be a very tough season for the Ravens. They're going to have to keep proving themselves. Yeah, it's funny. This definitely feels like a uh, closer closer to a 2012 uh, team than a you know 20 2011 team for sure. Uh, shorthanded, but they're they've been finding ways to to stay in games and be able to one uh, being able to win the first two um, go two and one. That's pretty good out of all these uh, these nail biters. But uh, yeah, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to keep that up and continue to grind and and stay in these games uh, over the next couple of weeks. I mean. You didn't even mention that that uh, the four-week uh, schedule from week 12 to week 15, that's probably the most brutal stretch of the schedule that they uh, 
you know, they they just got to stack games in the meantime until they hit that and and hopefully come away with enough wins to make the playoffs and hopefully to keep getting healthy. Oh yeah, dude, I, I don't want to talk about it. It's garbage. <laughs> We've been saying yeah. all along it's gonna be the worst part. Yeah. Then you got the Rams too. Ah, oh, yikes! Not gonna be fun. Not gonna be fun. Maybe maybe by the time that we run into the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 13, Big Ben will have fallen over uh, officially. The guy does not look good. So. <laughs> We know how well coached oh, they are. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that they, uh, you know, established uh, a good backup plan to supplant Ben with uh, a good quarterback in the waiting. Oh, wait a second. Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins? Haskins and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no strip club aficionado. He's going to be great. <laughs> At throwing interceptions to the Ravens. <laughs> oh, man. I have him in Dynasty, right? I don't know. I can't remember if I gave him a gave him a contract. <laughs> Gosh, I hope I not. Mean, well, he could be good. He was drafted in the first round. As was Paxton Lynch. Right. Well, no, I, was, it, I was looking through it, the first round picks <laughs> of the, of the uh, Broncos. That might have been one of the worst first round picks, man. Oh, man. Well, on that note, uh, we hope that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is also going to be throwing interceptions to the Ravens because this guy wants to get his bull prediction for the week. I haven't got one this season. So I guess with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Ravens Recap. Definitely looking forward to the game, but uh, I think like a lot of us here, we're a little bit uh, little bit worried about some of the injuries and some of the issues that we've been seeing. We're just hoping that the Ravens can, can start to turn a corner and, and keep building these games and, and getting a little bit better every single week. And uh, you guys will be along with us for that ride. So if you want to reach out to us, you can always tweet at us at Ravens underscore recap. Or you can send us an email over at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'll be back next week to recap the Broncos game. What we're hoping is going to be another victory. We'll see you then. Three and one, three and one. It's better than two and two. <laughs> <laughs> I checked my math. Checked it, it again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>